long wheel also have that on the screen. So um, uh, before I pray, I want to uh, mention one uh, kind of announcement here, uh, praise, I guess. Uh, in September, I believe, we had a donation, and uh, it, it was an anonymous donation as far as I'm concerned, um, as far as I know, uh, for uh, $40,000, I believe, for the building. So I just want to let you guys know that uh, folks are are uh, seeing God's vision for this building and are providing for uh, for the building. So be encouraged by that. We had over $40,000 donated in one month. God is amazing. You guys are amazing. And um, I look forward to being in our new building where we can spread out again. So uh, let us pray before we start. Jesus, uh, we thank you for the opportunity to learn your word. We ask that you guide us now. The Holy Spirit would uh, help us to discern the words that we read, and uh, that your Holy Spirit would also empower us to apply them to our week. In your name, Jesus, we pray. This past week, I was with one of the kids in our congregation, and we were talking about uh, Scripture, and she said that... uh, one of the scriptures that she remembered best uh, was a scripture that she read out of an illustrated study Bible. And it stuck in her mind because of one of the images that this illustrated study Bible had. And the image in the scripture was from Ezekiel and the Valley of Dry Bones. Now we'll get into it a little bit more in a little bit, but that's very understandable to me. If you have ever read the story of Ezekiel chapter 7, the first part of it, um, the dry bones is what it's often entitled, and that just doesn't leave that good of an, an image in your mind, especially for a kid. A whole valley of dry bones. And that kind of thing would stick in your mind. What is this about? It's kind of weird. Uh, this would be in our scripture, in our Bible, that a story would uh, be about that. Now, uh, without getting into any more detail, when I asked her what the story meant, she nailed it. And she said, of course, the story means that God can do anything. I was very excited to hear that she understood the meaning of that scripture over top of the image that was in her mind. Now, I think we often get hung up on the imagery. We focus too much on the instant feeling that the images gives us. We are very motivated or touched by images that we see. We are affected by images in ads, um, affected by uh, images in the media, images of old photographs that we look for. We are affected highly by the imagery that our eyes take in. My objective objective today is to encourage you always to turn your attention to new life, to focus on new life with all the images that we are taking in. Turn them 
to a focus of your life. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says, This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. This is the new life that I'm talking about. The new life in Christ. Not the old life in you. For most of us, there are plenty of things to haunt us from our old lives. Things that will hold us back if we don't cut them loose and leave them behind. Things that we think of when we're having a bad day. The things that if we could go back in the past, in history, we would change. Change the way we handle it or what we do. These things haunt us. And we have to cut them loose. We spend way too much time living the old life. And that's probably because because we don't believe what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 19, verse 26, with God anything is possible. With God. Now remember when the angel told Mary that she was going to have baby Jesus. And she was like, what? That's not possible. That can't physically happen. And the angel said, with God, nothing is impossible. The NLT, New Living Translation, says, for the word of God will never fail. That means if God said it, it's going to happen. If God said it, you can count on it. It is possible. Let's focus on that. If God says something about you, then it's true. If someone else says something about you, you don't know. You can say, what? But if God says something about you, It is absolutely true. His word will never fail. So God told Mary, hey, you're going to have a baby Jesus. New life. Isn't it neat that uh, Mary had new life in uh, several different ways? Like she uh, gave birth to the Savior who was not only a new life, although Jesus has always been living and existed from the beginning. But his new life um, on the earth as us uh, began that day. And Jesus represented new life for us because of his existence on the earth. His death and his resurrection gives us new life. New life. Anyone who belongs to Christ must become a new person. Whole life is gone. New life has begun. To you know what Mary said? Mary said when the angel told him and God said the angel said that she uh, going to have a baby Jesus. She said in Luke chapter 1, verse 38, she said, I am the Lord's servant. May everything that you have said about me come to you. And the angel left. May everything that you have said about me come to you. Hey, this right here 
should be our life motto. This should be it. May everything you said about me, God, come true. Now, I, I can't say this enough, and I feel like I've said it in a lot of my sermons here lately, but let me tell you what God says about you. This is from Scripture, these things are, and they're for everyone who sits in this room right now, everyone who puts their faith in Jesus. God loves you. You are a masterpiece. I'm serious about that. Scripture tells us that, and the Word of God is true. You are His children. He will take care of you. He has plans for you, and you are a citizen of heaven. Hey, don't forget those things. Don't forget them. And there is so much more to that. God's Word is true, so I want you to accept that. I want you to say to God, may everything that you have said about me come true. New life. New life. Now, with that being said, I think it's pretty safe to enter into our study for today, our, our text, which is Ezekiel chapter 37, a valley of dry bones. Now, Ezekiel is a prophet of hope. A little bit of background here. Hey, it wasn't an easy job being a prophet of God. He had a lot of messages to give to Israel. Not all of them were pretty. As a matter of fact, quite a few of them were pretty discouraging. But this one, we're about to today focus our minds on it. This one is new life. Ezekiel chapter 37 verse 1. The Lord took hold of me and I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. He led me all around among the bones that covered the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground and were completely dried out. Then he asked me, Son of man, can these bones become living people again? O Sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer to that. So, God takes Ezekiel to a valley of discouragement. A valley where there is imagery that is very dark. It wasn't an easy job said being a uh, prophet and here he was uh, God had placed him in a position a position that he would use Ezekiel to influence the whole, the whole tribe of Israel the valley that shows death a dark place a place that we don't like to think about think about these places in your life like I said earlier, we easily focus on how bad things are, how dark life can be. But when in this spot, much like when Ezekiel was in the spot looking over this valley of no hope, God asks him what seems to be a trick question. He says, Son of man, can these bones become living people again? 
Now what is that supposed to mean? What does this question uh, point to? Can these bones live? Now, uh, there's a different ideas. Um, you know, what would you say if you were Ezekiel? Now, remember, he'd been a prophet of God long enough to know, number one, that bad things happen when people disobey God. He's probably looking at a lot of the results of bad things. For sure, all of those bones, the reason they are bones, could be traced back to sin in the Garden of Eden. Ezekiel knew that bad things happen when people disobey God. And number two, Ezekiel knew that God is a just God. Justice. And number three, anything is possible with God. So here's what Ezekiel said. Oh, sovereign Lord, you alone know the answer to that. Only you know, God. And now, people have have taken this to mean a couple of different things. We put ourselves in Ezekiel's shoe. What what would we say to God? God takes us to this place, an unbelievably discouraging place, and he asks us, hey, can the impossible happen to these bones? Well, if God is asking you, and you have faith in God, you're thinking, ah, Does he want me to say yes because he can make it happen? Or is he trying to teach me an object lesson to say, no, those are obviously bones that are are dead and and they can't live again because, and he's going to say, this is why I'm teaching you this because there's no going back once you've died. What should you answer? Well, um, Ezekiel, some people say that Ezekiel plays it safe. He says, only you know the answer to that, God. I don't know if I really think that that's the case. I think because Ezekiel knows who God is, and he's been through a lot of things with God, I think that he knows that it is very possible that God could make those bones live again, or he could leave them right there in the valley as they lay. But the key factor in the situation is it is up to God. God can do it one way or the other, or God can decide not to do that. Only you know, God. Was he afraid that he would get it wrong, or did he really understand God could actually do it? Well, remember these bones. Scriptures are there, very... was thinking, but what did you think? You know the story of Lazarus? In the New Testament, Jesus' friends, Lazarus had been dead for four days in the tomb. And the four days surpassed the amount of days to where, uh, I think it was three days, after three days, you were determined dead, dead. There was no possible way that you could come back to life. This, the spirit had, had separated from the body. And in, in that belief, uh, it, it was a done and a said deal. Four days, Lazarus, like Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. 
Oh, well, this is a little bit different situation. It's not four days. These bones have been in this valley for a long time. And they were dry. Dry. Scattered all throughout the valley. Lots. Bones. And these bones live again. Is this a test of faith? Hey, God ever asked you that question? Asked you to uh, put faith in Him? Or a question that doesn't make sense to you? Makes you scratch your head when He says, Hey, can you be a different person than what you are now? Could I be that person? For for a young person, um, I remember... When I was in high school, having the thought, man, I would love to be a preacher or a priest or something like that. You know, I didn't even really know exactly what it meant, but a man of God. And I thought, that's not possible. I could never do that. So I didn't. God asked Ezekiel, can these bones live? Maybe he's asked you, can you have a new life? Can you change from the way you have been? Can you live in this new life? Ezekiel was about to get the answer to this question. In verse 4, he says, Then he said to me, Speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, Dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. Look, I am going to put breath into you and make you live again. I will put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. And then you will know that I am the Lord. Then you will know. We must understand that the things that happen in our life are to glorify God when He uses us. When He puts a situation in our life, it can be turned to glorify God, and that is His intention. You will know that anything is possible with God. Then you will know that God gives life in any situation quite literally. Then you will know that God can redeem Israel. Then you will know the power of God. And Ezekiel is, is, is probably getting a little bit excited. He was just told to tell the bones to come to life or to put flesh on them. And I can't imagine what that must have felt like. So, so here, um, we know that, that uh, Ezekiel obeyed God. So I spoke this message just as he told me. Suddenly, as I spoke, there was a rattling noise all across the valley. The bones of each body came together and attached themselves as complete skeletons. Then as I watched, muscles and flesh formed over the bones, and then the skin formed to cover their bodies, but they still had no breath in them. So here we have some bodies. You know, what does that sound like? The whole valley of bones. Uh, listen to what God said. He said, he prophesied over those bones, and all of a sudden they started shaking. And he feels like, it's really what it is. 
it actually is happening. The whole valley is making noise. And to physically see those whole bones start to grow flesh, and, and it's kind of weird to think about it, and skin over top of it. And you know there are no longer any dry bones. They are ready to go in the automotive world. We would, crawl, we would call them all the, in this valley a bunch of rollers. The roller is a vehicle who uh, has good tires on it. It's pretty straight, but it doesn't have a motor. Like it's ready to just put a motor in. You buy a roller, it's good to go. You just get yourself a good motor and put it inside. You've got a bunch of rollers in this valley now. There's no more dry bone. It's people, but they aren't people yet. They don't have an engine yet. They don't have a spirit yet. Because of the word of the Lord speaking through Ezekiel. And in verse 9, Then he said to me, Speak a prophetic message to the winds, son of man. Speak a prophetic message and say, This is what the sovereign Lord says, Come, O breath, from the four winds. Breathe into these dead bodies so that they may live again. So I spoke the message as he commanded me, and breath came into their bodies, and they all came to life and stood up on their feet, a great army. Notice that there are two parts to a person. There's the body. That was step one. God said, speak to these bones and they'll form flesh and they will become bodies. And then there's the spirit. And that was spoken through the wind, the scripture said. The breath came into them. In the scripture, in the New Testament, we are told how to live godly lives, how to live Christian lives. And a lot of the, the terminology used there is when your flesh is tempting you, your flesh will pull you down because your flesh has those worldly desires. It's kind of like that's part of your body. The physical side, the worldly side, the side that was made from things of the world, the dirt. The, the side that goes back to the earth when you die and turns into and then there's the other side of it is the spirit the spirit the, the wind the breath of God I love how the original uh, language in this scripture um, the one word gets used ten times in this 14 verses and it is it is the same word that we read wind that we read a, a spirit or breath the breath of God comes into them. And both the body and the spirit are needed to live here on earth. We need both of them to live here. Flesh, uh, you know, to understand that, that's kind of easy to explain. Uh, we don't do anything really apart from our flesh unless we're just thinking and we're kind of using flesh to do that. And the spirit, though, is not so well, we don't really see the spirit part of us. Oh, and by the way, I might add that uh, someday when uh, we go the way of bones separating from the spirit, and we cross over Jordan, take our journey to heaven, we will get new bodies. So the scripture tells us that our bodies will be made new. That's 
that's a good thing that we look forward to because I don't know what our bodies will be like, but I do know that they will be perfect because that's what heaven is all about. Everything is perfectly good there. So we have that to look forward to. So we can have new life here on earth as well, but we can't have our new bodies until we get to heaven. New life. Now here, here's the lesson in Ezekiel chapter 37. It comes with verse 11. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones represent the people of Israel. They are saying, We have become old, dry bones. All our hope is gone. Our nation is finished. So this... Uh, this text that was given to Ezekiel in the situation where God took him to the Valley of Bones. This was to represent the people of Israel. So it's one of those texts that we can't uh, directly apply to uh, what is happening in our lives, but we know that this is true for the children of God, that we will have new life. You may never be taken to a valley where there's a dry bone. But you can absolutely experience new life. And so here, uh, Israel, it says that they are saying, man, we've become old, dry bones. All our hope is gone. Our nation seems. You know anybody like that? Anybody who's just uh, always discouraged themselves. And they're sometimes discouraging to be around. Sometimes they say, well, I'm getting old. I can't do that. They don't have a whole lot of hope. That's impossible. Maybe it doesn't have to be an old person. Maybe it's a young person in high school saying, Man, I could never be a preacher. What does he have planned for you? Are you putting God on the not possible list? Or are you understanding his marriage? Whatever you say about my life, may it come true. Because it's possible. Hope is not wrong. It's point of story. There is hope to hold on to. And God tells Ezekiel, verse 12, Therefore prophesy to them, I'm speaking of Israel, this is what the Lord, the Sovereign Lord says, I will open your graves of exile and cause you to rise again and then I will bring you back to the land of Israel. When this happens, O my people, you will know that I am the Lord. I will put my spirit in you and you will live again and return home to your own land and then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken. And I have done what I said. Yes, the Lord has spoken. Here's the message for Israel. New life. New life. Even when it seems impossible, there is new life for Israel. And here is the message for us. New life. Even when it seems impossible, there is new life. Have you accepted this new life? Do you live in that new life now? If your answer is no to either one of those questions, 
What's it going to take for you to believe that God will do what He says? Does a valley of dry bones have to be remade into a great army for you to believe? It happened with Ezekiel. And God put it in our book so that our faith would grow from it. A great army was created just from impossible dry bones. What kind of an army are you part of? There's a whole lot more that I would love to preach about Ezekiel and new life. But we have an object lesson today that speaks it better than I could ever put it. There's something going around our church. And I can confirm that it's the Holy Spirit. We're going to have a baptism today. We've had baptism this year. I don't even, I've, I've lost count. Zach and Michaela, you guys are baptized. I think you started it today couple months ago. But it's going around. And the Spirit of the Lord is is uh, is moving on, on the young, young folks' heart. All I can say is they, they must see the new life that the gospel of Jesus offers. And maybe you have already put your faith in Him and you're living in that new life. That can be a struggle, a daily struggle. Man, I accepted Jesus when I was younger, but still knowing that every day I can count on that. Every day when I look at situations that look awful tough, awful hard, that look awful impossible, I can, I can accomplish a great many tasks. I can get through it because that Jesus gives me new life. New life. Now these kids, they're intentionally coming to be baptized, understanding that there is remarkable and amazing hope for their life. And that hope is in Christ. I got this, this letter from Emmett Beebe. Emmett, you can come on up here. It says, It says, To Chase, I would like to get baptized next Sunday. I would like you to talk to my parents. Emmett had mentioned to me a few weeks before this about baptism and he had been thinking about it. That the Lord had been working on his heart for this very situation. And I know that uh, the Lord is going to use you for great things. So I'm so excited that you've put your faith in Him and that you've taken the in- <clears throat> initiative to write a letter to talk to me about it, to discuss it with your parents. And when I was talking to Emmett um, this past week, he gave me a commentary of uh, the... Uh, I've forgotten the movie. Remember the movie. It's, it's one of my favorites. Somebody help me. The Pilgrim's Progress. Yeah, 
and he hadn't even finished the whole movie, and he hadn't even watched it for a long, long time, and he told me about every detail in it, and how the gospel is that um, we are relieved of our sin if we put our faith in Jesus. And it just, you just really helped me out by telling me that. So I am glad that you've decided to take this day to give your life to him, to put your faith in him, and to be an example to others. So I'm going to ask you, do you have anything that you want to tell the folks out here right now? Good. Okay. Okay, well, when it was just me and him, he clearly relayed the gospel message. And so I want you to uh, pray for this this little man right now. Because I know that God has big plans for him. So uh, let's bow our heads and do that right now. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for Emmett, his heart to follow you. And Lord, I, I pray over him right now. I pray over everyone here, God, that just as you took all those bones, that were right before he's eaten you. You made them come alive. Lord, you put bodies on them bones. And then you breathed your spirits and made them a great army just so we can also be a great army living in your new life, Lord God. Help us to live in the strength of that new life because of Jesus. It's in his name. Alright, guys. Emmett and I are going to go back and get ready.